Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. Raptors 
the Raptors actually held Luka to 24 points. So that's actually decent because Luka's been on a tear. He's been averaging 36 points. But the Raptors win in Toronto 105-100. to The Rockets actually blow out the Thunder. The score does not show how that game went, but they actually ended up calming the storm, winning by 13, 118-105. Sanguine was actually having a good day up against JRE. He had 21 points, 19 rebounds, and 7 assists. Did not show enough of what he was doing. He he basically had his way in that game, but Shea actually had 32 points in this game and sat out the entire fourth. I think Shea could have definitely finished with 40 the way that he was scoring. I'm going to say this here and now, Sports City. I am biased. Y'all know I'm a Thunder fan by far. I can't lie. But this guy has to get an all-star consideration. There's no way that Shea could just sit there and not be considered for an all-star appearance. He can't. There, I, there's no way that this guy's averaging 32 points a game and not being considered. So, Hopefully people feel the same way that I'm feeling. Hopefully people vote for him. But he's on an absolute tear from the start of the season and, and, and keeps going. He, he's he's in the conversation with Luka and them. Um, the other game that I have is the Suns just eke out the Jazz, 113-112. to 112. DeAndre Ayton has a 29-point effort with 21 rebounds. Jordan Clarkson had 22 points in a losing effort. And last but not least, this is what I'm talking about. This could actually stir the storm in a different way. The Lakers win on back-to-back nights in San Antonio up against Coach Pop, 143-138 to in a slugfest type of game, and I mean it, in a slugfest type of game. Um, LeBron goes off for 39 points and 11 rebounds. He shot 7 for 12 from three-point land, so he was just hoisting up threes, and that, that's something that I, I see LeBron settling for, that he's trying to become a three-point shooter. Whatever he does to get the job done, but that's not what I want to get to. Um there was a malicious situation that happened where um, Collins, the big man for the Spurs, he used to play for the, the Blazers. I remember him vividly. Uh, LeBron's driving to the rim. He gives Russ the ball. Russ goes up for a dunk. Collins blocks the dunk. Russ gets the ball back. He pump fakes. He gets Collins off his feet, and he clobbers Russ so bad that Russ is bleeding from his hairline in the middle of his head profusively all over his face really bad. Russ knew that he was battered real bad. He got up instantly. As soon as he got knocked to the floor, he got up in a half a second to, like, set it off. And once Russ seen his blood, it was like he let LeBron grab him and kind of calm the situation down. I think this situation right here, not only going into San Antonio and winning back-to-back games, but also seeing Russ go through some adversity while Russ had to help carry this Lakers team, this could spell an interesting situation, at least in the Western Conference. I don't want to say for the rest of the NBA, but I think this could actually get the Lakers going in the direction that they want to go. I'm not going to say that they're going to be at the top, but it, it, it's always some mystique around them or around a LeBron team where it's like they're going to get going soon. And I think that this win, especially with the the danger that Russ went through, uh, getting struck in the head, it, it spells a lot for this Lakers team that has a lot of youth there and hasn't really gone through some type of adversity. So I'm going to put this pick down right here, see how you guys feel about some of the games and see how you feel about this game that I'm mentioning. Um, Tim, I'll start with you first. Your thoughts on at least some of the games that I mentioned, if if you were aware of how a lot of these went down, or the Lakers situation with them actually putting together a string of wins and the Russell Westbrook incident. Well, I don't think it was malicious. Um, He went up to try to block it and came down and just happened to catch him. Man, that that happens a lot. Um, So with that, I understand why Russ reacted, because, you know, you just got your wig split. So, you know, Mm -hmm. you're going to be a little upset. I don't think it was malicious. Um, if you look at it, he was trying to block the shot. So, but with that said, um, I, 
listen, man, I don't trust Anthony Davis. I think you're right. This is something that could sort of ignite the team between that and the Pat Bev thing where, where, um, or, or where Aiton was standing over Reeves and, and Pat Bev, you know, put him on his back on it like a turtle, turtled him, and then suddenly Aiton couldn't get up. He was, he was apparently, you know, that little shove killed him because he was laying there like he was dead. You seven foot, 240 pounds, but you know, you can't get up now. Um, I think it could, but at the end of the day, that means we got to trust Anthony Davis. And every time Anthony Davis, somebody breathes on him, you see him going to talk to the trainer. I mean, damn, dude, you seven feet tall. And I mean, oh, I, I hit my elbow and I lost feeling. Yeah, you hit your funny bone, man. You ain't got to go to trainer for that. What's wrong with you? So as long as Anthony Davis is a hypochondriac, I don't trust that team. Um, I'm trying to figure out how the hell Shea got traded three times already. Think about the fact that all these teams running out looking for these scoring point guards. The teams that had him, right, couldn't they use him right now? I mean, how, I don't understand how these teams could not see it. And, and, and Ty, we talked about this years ago. That kid, we, we knew he was going to be good from the day he hit the league. All he mm-hmm. needed was somebody just to let him play. That's all he needed, somebody to let him play. You know? So, listen, I'm not surprised. Um, he's always had all – this kid is uber-talented, uber-talented. Mm-hmm. Um, he just mm-hmm. needs to let him play. So, yeah, he if, if he don't make the All-Star team, listen, it better be a damn investigation because that kid, <laughs> listen, that kid is something else. And to ice the cake on that, he's averaging 92% from the free throw line. So he's hitting his free throws. He used to miss a free throw here or there. He took that, like, personal to clean that up. Uh, he started the season out, like, missing one. Like, he, he was, like, 17 for 17. He missed one and kept hitting them again. He must have missed a couple to, like, have it at that 91. It's, like, 91.6 where he's at right now hitting free throws. Um, I, I love seeing it, even though they are still young, and I don't feel like Mark Dagnall is the coach for the Thunder, even though he has surprise wins there. He's a G League coach going up against a lot of these seasoned coaches that are getting it done. And uh, one thing that he can't figure out is that Giddy and Shea can't play together. Both of them can't play Olay defense. One of them has to be able to buckle down. And, and Shea, the way Shea's playing, he has to stay on the floor. Um, the Anthony Davis situation, I pray for him, man, because, I mean, of course he's on the Lakers. I'm not a big fan of the Lakers at all. I can't stand them. I always want to beat them when we play them or, you know, like a team that I made fair more than them, I want to see him be the Lakers. It's competitive nature. But I want to see Anthony Davis be competitive because I love the sport of basketball. And um, there was the game that they had that Saturday. So Friday, the game they played Friday, he went to go pick LeBron up. He almost did a split and almost hurt himself picking LeBron up. And, and LeBron had to tell him to be careful. Uh, Thomas Bryant almost did the same thing, falling to go pick up LeBron. LeBron telling him to be careful. It's like they're actually killers. I, I want to see them healthy just to compete, just so – it's fun to beat the Lakers. You don't want to see them, you know, down strength and you're like, oh, well, they need to be out there. If they weren't, if they were there, then it'd be a different game. I don't want to hear that. Like, I want to see them be competitive and then, like, be beaten. Then it's, then it's fun. You know what I'm saying? Like, just for competitive reasons. Now, Chandler, before I go to Mike, I want to ask you that question because that's an interesting storm that you bring to the table. How do you feel about the Patrick Beverly situation? Because there was something that was said after the game that I didn't really put two plus two together with, and it makes a ton of sense. Devin Booker said Patrick Beverly needs to stop pushing people in their back and start pushing them in their chest if that's how you really want to attack people. And it's vivid. 
for Devin Booker to say that because we remember, I think it's two or three years ago. It might be two. Let me get it correct. Three years ago. It's three years ago because this is when he was on the Clippers. If you remember when Patrick Beverly pushed Chris Paul in his back and made him fall and got ejected from a playoff game. This, this is something that Patrick Beverly does to the Phoenix Suns, not just to other people. And that's a dirty little tactic that he's up to. And they'll just, you know, technical foul or flagrant foul him and get him out of the game. But this is something the NBA need to take serious with because he can hurt somebody, let alone he's like, okay, yeah, just like you said, DeAndre Eaton's a seven-foot guy, but you were saying that more towards Anthony Davis. But still, this guy fell over a body onto wood. Like, that, that can ha- something can happen to DeAndre. That can happen to anybody. And then let's say if somebody has enough of Patrick Beverly retaliates and something bad happens to him. Because Patrick Beverly's older at the guard position. He's not young anymore. He's an older guard um, that's hoping for this Lakers team to carry him to where he would like to go. So your thoughts on that incident with Patrick Beverly, and then I'll give the meal right to Mike afterwards. Well, Listen, I agree with the fact now because it's the Suns and Chris Paul, and we all know how dirty Chris Paul is. Listen, listen, Devin Booker, bro, uh, do some research on your teammate. Talk to him first. Um, when he stopped kicking people in the ding ding, then you could talk. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> your people, I can say. Um, but I get his point, which is, listen, man, if you're really about that life, you know what I'm saying, go head up with somebody. But at the same time. If you standing over somebody talking about, you know, smell these, what you think people are going to do, man? They're going to push you. So I get what Devin Book is saying. It's just that's the wrong team. I don't want to hear that from anybody in Phoenix because the captain of your team is one of the dirtiest players that's ever laced them up. And I'm including Hornacek and, and um, what's his face? The point guard uh, from Utah whose name I can't remember right now. Stockton um, or yeah, you go. Yeah, Hornet. I'm including them two in the conversation, and and Paul is dirtier than both of them. So maybe the Phoenix Suns mm-hmm. should pipe down. But yeah, uh, Pat Bev, you got to stop pushing people in the back, bro. Yeah, I feel a certain way about that. And and um, he he has his little mo, and and he goes around the league trying to be the guard bully, and you know his his defensive prowess is kind of like he starts that fight to get into their head. So that's something that. People need to watch closely. Hopefully the NBA does the right investigating on that. If they do it, I think they'll probably leave it alone because it's a couple of days that have gone by um, seeing if he may have gotten a fine or something like that. But he did get ejected for it. But nevertheless, these players have to be safe and not not the fact of Collins doing that to Russ. And, and I get it. He was making a play to get out the ball, but he ended up getting the flagrant too and ejected from the game. But it was funny that Russell got a technical foul too. It's like what, what was he supposed to do? If you're bleeding from your forehead and your hairline, like I don't, I don't know what I'm. I'll lose it. Anybody's gonna lose it. Like so, I get it and I understand it. So, Mike, your thoughts about the games that were played across the board uh, yesterday, and also your Lakers actually off to a, a good, interesting streak in facing adversity. They pulled it off. Yeah, man. So, uh, uh, real quick, Pat Bev has made a living out of ruffling feathers, right? And so. Uh, but, yeah, you, you can't be pushing people in the back, Pat, man. You're going to mess around and get somebody hurt. Uh, I agree 100% with what Tanner said, though, about, hey, like, <laughs> like uh, some people some people need to need to, uh, need to to watch what they're saying because, you know, uh, look in the mirror. Uh, that being said, 
you know, this Lakers team is four under 500. I think they started the season, you know, losing nine out of the first 10 or something crazy, something stupid like that. So at least they're starting to play a little bit better basketball. You know, uh, Anthony Davis has been on the court for the last several games for the most part. Um, This team is going to go as far as their three stars can carry them. Uh, LeBron, AD, and Westbrook, I still don't think that the roster is uh, very well built around them. So uh, they have to take advantage of some of these opponents that are supposed to be – I mean, some of these teams that are supposed to finish lower than them in the standings and find a way to get some of those wins to even remain competitive. It's going to be a tough slog in the – in the Western Conference, but at least they show a little bit of uh, a little bit of hope there. Uh, so, you really quickly, just as clarification, your Thunder won yesterday against the Rockets. No, they actually lost. They lost one eighteen to one hundred five. Okay. Okay. The, the Rockets you. had like a twenty six point lead all game long, and then the Thunder like closed it too little, too late, and Shea didn't get to even play the fourth quarter. So it was like, I think Mark Dagnall was content on them just settling down and getting ready for Monday because they play the Pelicans on Monday. It's interesting with this Rockets team. They've actually won back-to-back uh, on the road. A lot of young stars for this Rockets team, so it's going to be curious to see as, as they continue to develop. I mean, the record is still uh, not very pretty, but, uh, you know, Houston's got some decent young stars. You look around the league, uh, you know, some competitive basketball for sure uh, played last night, and you know, as college football season starting to wrap up and we get into the bowl times, there's going to be, you know, less stuff every weekend. So I think the NBA is going to start to take a little bit more uh, center stage along with college basketball as we kind of hit those uh, those round ball months. But uh, listen, to to go back to your comment about Shea, Chandler said there should be an investigation if he doesn't make the All-Star game. Listen, if he keeps up this same level of play over the next couple months, Bump the investigation, man. If he don't make the All-Star game, they shouldn't even have one. So, uh, Shea has always been a guy that that I've been impressed with from the time he first got into the league as well. I know he's with the Thunder now. I believe New Orleans had him for a minute. I think the Clippers had him. Right, he's <laughs> he's been on a few different teams. And uh, to Chandler's point, I don't I don't know why uh, teams let this guy out of their building uh, because he's super talented, and I think. You know, uh, listen, that that Thunder team, they may not have the right coach in place yet, but they got a, a bunch of good young guys who continue to develop their uh, their talents. And you got a guy like Shea who's going to be their superstar and leader, I think, for a long time. And there's going to be some bright days ahead for the Oklahoma City Thunder and for Shea Gildas Alexander. Yeah, and as much as I know that um, I really want to get Presty more of this uh... – Situation. I don't even want to say nod like I approve it. I really think that he wants the Pokashevsky situation to work out. He's seven one and pl- tries to play like a guard, but he's so passive and ag- you know passive aggressive at that. Like he's not strong with his body, but he's actually trying to play more of a big man role and he's undersized. But uh, he's been getting his blocks and he's trying to go out there and score. But um, there's, there's something about him that I feel like it doesn't fit, and I feel like they're going to at least give him another two years with this team because I really feel like. They're going to feel how we draft next year and also how Chet fills into the fold. So there's a lot of things for the Thunder, but they're actually winning interesting games right now because they beat Chicago just 
Friday night, and they went to a back-to-back after an overtime win over Chicago into Houston, where Houston is a savvy young team trying to win games and, and make their way, knowing that they're going up against a young, talented team in the Thunder, too. So it made it very interesting. But they have to figure this out, whether management with Presti or if Dagnall is really the guy for the next two seasons. Like, I don't feel like he's going to be grazing that sideline, coaching these guys to a better record within the Western Conference unless they get a get him to start X and O and the best way that he can possible. But, again, like I said, that was a biased situation for me about the Shea situation. I really feel like Shea's been balling. I really didn't put two and two together because when Chandler was like, he got traded for so many teams. I'm like, wait, he got traded from the Clippers, but he got traded on draft day too. So it's like not only did he get traded on draft day, the Clippers let him go for Paul George, and we already know how that all spiraled out of control, and and it helped the Thunder because they actually got a boatload of picks for Paul George at that point in time. But nevertheless, this is an interesting run for the Thunder, and also with what the Lakers have going on too. It's it's in the Western Conference right now, but I definitely I'm glad I was able to get that incident that Patrick Beverly had up against the Suns because it, it it needs to be talked about. It's not getting enough light. At least to me, I'm being personal about it because I don't like dirty play. I don't, from that, I don't like being pushed in the back like the same situation last year that happened with Jokic when he did that to the Morris twin, and um, I think that was Marcus. Marcus didn't play another game after he got pushed in the back because he had a bad case of like I think like whiplash the way that Jokic did that. And I don't like in basketball. I don't like when people bridge people. If you go into somebody's legs while they're going up for a layup or a dunk because you can't get up there, you just want to be dirty. You can terrorize somebody's back, extremities, whatever. That's just it's just me. I just don't like dirty play. That's, that's foul. That's something like Bill Lambeer would do. And, and from the era when I picked up basketball, I still till this day, 2022, I do not, can't stand William Lambert. I can't. That's just personal. I'm sorry. I got to say that. If I see him, I might get into a fight. Okay, so I'm going to get away from that, get into the meat and potatoes, like I said. The caller number is 929-477-2759. Um, in the words of Slick Rick, here we go. Um, this top 25 of this week, whoa, Nelly, rest in peace, Keith Jackson, one of my favorite sport analysts, announcers, however, I, I miss you. I miss your voice. You and John Maddie, y'all both up there. Okay, so first and foremost, Thursday, Mississippi State wins their matchup up against Ole Miss 24-22, in which, in spite of this loss, Ole Miss gives Lane Kiffin an extension for nine per. So every year he's getting $9 million annually with Ole Miss. Uh, after all of the whirlwinds were swirling around him saying that he's going to take the job in Auburn, I think Mississippi was like, we're not letting him escape. And being one of the teams that Kiffin has gone from team to team to team to team, from Alabama to FAU, so on and so forth, Tennessee, I, I'm trying to think of all the teams, USC, Kiffin's been everywhere. I think Ole Miss said that we found our guy, especially with the stuff that he knows from being in so many different locations and being a part of Saban's crew as well. We'll keep him here to keep that rivalry going as much as possible until uh, Saban clocks out. Because I, I think Saban will be done in like the next five seasons, at least. At the most, I think uh, Saban will be done. But nevertheless, I think it will be somewhat competitive. Um, Friday, uh, Florida State beats Florida 45-38 to and settling up to – North Carolina State winning in double overtime up against North Carolina, 30-27, to 27, shutting them down. And the incident at the end of the game where the Wolfpack stamped their flag in the middle of the North Carolina emblem at the 50 was something to see. If you didn't see it, it's on YouTube. It'll be a good thing. Uh, UCLA wins their matchup up against Cal, 35-28. to 
Tulane with one of the upsets of the season, even though they were ranked higher. Tulane wins their matchup up against Cincinnati, 27-24. to Cincinnati has been playing good for the past couple of seasons, but have fallen, I think, because of losing so many players going into the league, so on and so forth, and graduating as well. Texas wins their matchup up against Baylor, 38-27, to in a Big 12 matchup in the state of Texas. I think Texas will fare out well going into this bowl game, too. I think they're starting to get it. Finally, Sarkeesian is doing something right at this point in time. I don't even like giving Sark credit, but he is doing his job in Austin. Um, so now we go to Saturday, and this is how it goes. <clears throat> Georgia wins their matchup up against Georgia Tech, 37-14, to in which early in this game, Georgia Tech made this a game uh, going into the half down 10-7, to and Georgia woke up <laughs> and, and turned the lights on and said, no more of this. Um I really don't want to go to this next game right now. I kind of want to save it for last, but I can't because it's at the top of the leaderboard right now. Michigan, do I consider this an upset? <laughs> like, I don't know how to look at this, but this was stunning for me. I'm I'm going to say this right here right now, Sports City. Before this game, before the season started, I said Michigan won that game last year and beat the crap out of Ohio State last year with Aiden Hutchinson and company. I said when they go to the shoe, Ohio State is going to beat the blood out of Michigan because the way they, they've been beating them, the past 16 matches, it was 15 out of 16 in favor of Ohio State. I feel like Michigan heard me, knowing that I know a good amount of people in Michigan, knowing that the people that I know there are big blue fans, major, well, majority of them. Some of them are green. If you don't know what green is, it's Michigan State. But I know a ton of people in that state that are blue. I, I apologize. I'm going to apologize here now, Sports City. I know that you are listening I did not think that you guys would win this game in Columbus, Ohio, but I didn't think that you would come out here and bludgeon them late. For them to put up three scores in the fourth quarter, two of them of which were over 70-yard plays on the ground. Forget a pass play. They just ran the ball down their throats and exposed Ohio State. I think Ohio State won't fall too far. If they get back into the playoffs, they are exposed. If you can, run the ball on them. It's hard for them to get back into the game if they, they're off the field, what if that offense is off the field. Um, I'll let the boys get at this as best as possible. The next matchup I have, TCU wins their matchup up against Iowa State in a bloodbath, 62-14. to 14. The next matchup, probably one of the upsets of the day, Texas A&M at 4-7 and seven at this point, win up against LSU 38-23, to 23, especially with LSU being fifth-ranked and closing the season out pretty well. It uh, looked like they were pegged to close out decent going into the SEC championship. Nevertheless, they are still involved in the SEC championship. I hope this doesn't spiral them out of control. But this is a big win for Jimbo, even though they are 5-7 and seven and are not bowl eligible. The next matchup I have is USC winning their matchup up against Notre Dame, winning 38-27. to 27. A shell shocker for me that Notre Dame got beat like this. But nevertheless, they were in California. I'm saying this here and now. Caleb Williams should be the Heisman Trophy winner. I'm saying that here and now. Um, fight me if you want. The next matchup I have, and this is something that you better watch closely, Alabama wins their matchup in-state up against Auburn, 49-27. to Watch Alabama creep into the discussion of the playoffs. If, if somebody loses up there, one of them four, I really feel like TCU better watch it. TCU better watch it. I feel like Kansas State can lose that game, but I feel like Kansas State can upset TCU. They better play on alert because if not, Myself, I won't even speak for behalf of the fellas here or the people that are hearing us or so on and so forth. I feel like the committee will get Alabama involved because there's money behind them. Another upset in this situation, South Carolina edges out Clemson in-state battle 31-30. to Spencer Rattler finally wakes up. 
25 for 39, 360 yards passing, and two touchdowns thrown in this game up against Clemson. Clemson has their issues. Uh, once DJ's out of the way, I wonder what they do at the quarterback position. This is something that is concerning for Dabo and company. Another upset, Oregon State knocks off Oregon, especially with the quote-unquote Heisman hopeful favorite Bo Nix, 38-34 in Corvallis, Oregon. Bo Nix actually had a 27 for 41 day, 327 yards passing, and two touchdowns thrown in this game. But nevertheless, the Beavers came out on top and won this game. I don't even want to talk about this game, but I have to mention it. Tennessee wins their matchup up against Vanderbilt in Vandy, 56 to nothing. They shut them out. I just don't understand how Vanderbilt pulls off these upsets when they can win these games. But this game right here is is, is a Tennessee battle in state. You got to at least give me something. Give me a field goal. You got to do something in the game. They couldn't. Uh, Tennessee dominated with the backup, especially with the news around um, Herndon as well being out for the season with the injury that he suffered. Tennessee did not miss a beat. They took care of business up against Vanderbilt. Penn State wins their matchup up against Michigan State 35-16. to um, I can't really say too much about Penn State other than them being 11 ranked. I think they will be top 10 with a couple of these teams losing in front of them in the top 10. So watch that closely. It depends on where they do put the Nittany Lions. Kansas State wins that matchup up against Kansas 47-27. to uh, The Wildcats, like I said, are in the Big 12 championship matchup up against TCU. They've had an electric season being 9-3, and three, being 12th ranked. Uh, all eyes should be on that game. I, um, I'll speak on behalf of me. I won't speak on behalf of them. I think Kansas State can upset TCU. This should be a game to watch. Get your popcorn ready. Washington wins their matchup up against Washington State 51-53, to 53, uh, taking care of the Cougars on the road. Utah wins their matchup up in another bloodbath, and I feel bad for this team, Colorado. 63-21 to in Boulder, Colorado. When there were talks of Colorado actually being interested in trying to bring Deion Sanders there out of Jackson State, I don't think Deion leaves his sons. I think he'll probably wait till his sons graduate and then tell them, give me a blank check to sign, and we'll go from there. Because with them being 1-11, in Pac-12 play, where Pac-12, they don't play defense. They should be able to play better. They're 1-8 and eight in conference play. This is not the Colorado that I remember. This isn't the, the Westbrook receiver. This isn't the Cordell Stewart. This isn't Rashawn Salam. They're terrible playing college football at this point in time. 1-11, they almost look like the old UConn a, a few years ago. UCF wins that matchup against Southern Florida, or South Florida, excuse me, 46-39 to in an interesting matchup in the American Conference. Uh, and last but not least, in the top 25, Kentucky upsets Louisville 26-13 to in-state battle. The Wildcats pull off a win. Okay, so I'm going to feed you guys one by one. I'll let you go first on this one, Mike. Your thoughts on the top 25, some of these shakeups, and how the committee has to look and do work this weekend. Well, in some ways, I think the committee is hoping <laughs> that um... – Ohio State, Georgia, TCU, and USC went out. If that happens, that that definitely makes their job easy. Those are your four playoff teams, right? Um, if one of those teams lose, then it becomes real, real interesting. Uh, you know, there was talk about LSU getting in if they were to beat Georgia. Well, that ship has failed. Uh, congratulations, Texas A&M. You finished five and seven. So, uh, hey, they they got the game last night. Congratulations to them. Still ain't going nowhere. Uh, that is a lot of – there's a lot of talent on that team, though. Texas A&M has about a couple um, couple of really, really good recruiting classes. If they get the quarterback position figured out, this is a team that could make the big jump next year. We'll see. 
Um, as far as if any of these top four lose, though, I think that the conversation is then going to come down between Ohio State and Alabama. I still think Tennessee should, if you're going to take them, maybe you should consider Tennessee since they beat Alabama, but without their starting quarterback. It's probably going to be Ohio State or Alabama and what the committee decides to do if one of these four don't win. Uh, But looking around, um, these matchups that you mentioned also, uh, Tulsa upset Houston yesterday. Houston had a really good year, uh, but Tulsa was able to knock them off yesterday. This is kind of a year in which I feel like that some of the teams that were down in those rivalries found a way to bounce back. Uh, Mississippi State, for the first time in three or four years, wins the Egg Bowl and brings that back home. Oregon State, for the first time in a while, uh, knocking off Oregon. And listen, South Carolina, like what a way to close the season. This team finished 8-4, and had a couple really ugly losses, like the blowout loss to Florida earlier this month. But Great momentum to close the year, man. They get two top ten wins. They knock off Tennessee by a bunch last weekend. And then Rattler comes back and has a good performance. And they snap a seven-game losing streak to Clemson. Not only do they snap that losing streak, but they also snap Clemson's nation's longest 40-game home win streak last night. So uh, good job by South Carolina closing the year. Uh, nice momentum for Shane, Shane Beamer there uh, going into the bowl game. Uh, looking around and mentioning other stuff, yeah, I'm surprised Vanderbilt couldn't even get a, you know, a field goal or anything against Tennessee. Uh, Joe Milton uh, did a decent job at the backup quarterback there. Now, I got to mention Ohio State, Michigan. T.P., I was right there with you. Like, the weather last year had a lot to do with it. Michigan couldn't really throw the ball. I'm sorry, uh, Ohio State couldn't really throw the ball. Michigan was able to run it down their throat. I thought the weather played a big part in it. I really thought Ohio State was going to win that game yesterday, and if they didn't, I had a feeling it was going to be close. I didn't think they'd be one point shy of doubling up on those guys. Uh, That backup running back had some big carries uh, late in the second half. Like you said, a couple really long runs, you know, just to kind of put the final nail in the coffin. of the Buckeyes yesterday. And, you know, listen, we said this last year after that game, like, okay, Harbaugh, you beat them once. Now can you double down on it and do it again? You're going to have to show me. Uh, it looks like that Michigan's patience in Jim Harbaugh uh, has has been rewarded, and it looks like that uh, he has at least brought them back to a level that they haven't been in a very long time. So uh, good for Michigan finding a way to pull that out yesterday as well. I think the SEC getting the best of the ACC yesterday and both teams that are going to that conference championship game in the ACC dropped games yesterday. So uh, that doesn't look great for that conference, but they are competitive. I mentioned other games that uh, went the other way. Arkansas lost to Missouri this year too, so Missouri brings that uh, trophy back home as well. Uh, this is always one of my favorite weekends in college football because you have the rivalry games, the states that are split in half, like Florida, Florida State. And, you know, uh, so Florida State able to come up and get that win. Listen, they lost three games in the middle of the season, but I would say that it it's fair to say that Mike Normal has shown improvement and progress in uh, this second season that he's had down there at uh, Florida State. So lots of good action across the board. 
Uh, my Tigers took a loss, you know, took it on the chin yesterday. But at the end of the day, uh, nine and three going to the conference championship game, they still overachieved. They still about twenty scholarship players short, man. So, um, I, at you know, it, it's funny. I watch in message boards and whatever else. Uh, some of these fair weather LSU fans really trying to uh, be really critical of the Tigers after that yesterday, but still surpass expectations, man. Still, still a season to be proud of. Okay, Chandler, your thoughts on the games that were played in the top twenty-five? The upsets, the game of the day, Ohio State and Michigan, how that turned out. Um, how do you feel the top twenty-five shakes up? Or at least, well, let me not even just say top twenty-five. At least the top ten with some of these teams losing in the last game of the season where they fight for everything to try and at least fight to get to the playoffs, and they need a lot of stuff to happen to actually get back into the picture. But your thoughts on all, any, or specific matters that we mentioned? Well, I think it was three games of the day. Texas Tech and Oklahoma, yeah, it had nothing to do with nothing. That game was bananas. Uh, Mm -hmm. That was a really good game. You watched that game while that game was bananas. Then you went to Washington State and uh, 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 Washington, which I can finally root for Washington State again because Mike Lee's bum ass is gone. Um, He's gone, yeah. And I I thought the refs were trying to steal a game from Washington State. That pass interference call was totally ridiculous. So I finally went to sleep around like 1.30 in the morning. I'm like, they're going to lose. I'm glad they won. Um, So that was, man, that was such a good game. But – you know, I don't think Kentucky was an upset personally. I expected them to beat Louisville because um, Louisville's not that good anymore. Um, the the man, it's um, you know, the Michigan thing. I you know what? I don't understand uh, the hate for Michigan. Um, I'm so glad that they beat them, beat Ohio State again because now Paul Feinbaum got to shut the hell up about Jim Harbaugh. I don't know what Jim Harbaugh took the lunch money or something. I don't know what it is. What you got against that man? Now you got to give him credit for being a good coach. Um, but I think the biggest thing is now Oregon and USC, because first of all, Caleb Williams is not the Heisman. They might give it to him. He ain't the damn Heisman winner, okay? Half of, for most of the season, you ain't even heard his name. And all they did was talk about USC. So miss me with the Caleb Williams is the Heisman winner. No, he's not. No, he's not. Actually, the fact that Shador Sanders being mentioned is a crime. There, honestly, there isn't one. There honestly isn't one. There's not there's not one player in college football this year that you can say stood out above any other player. You have to give that to somebody though. And he played on the West yeah, Coast or something that you just didn't see earlier this year. I, okay, I watch I watch all the USC games. I got the Pac-12. I'm paying for the Pac-12. I watch the games. Um, I don't think that there's any one player that stood out. So whoever gets it, I think you can make an argument for a bunch of other other guys. Yes, I'm saying I think you make argument for. I honestly, I think Blake Corum, if he didn't get hurt before this game, mm-hmm. I would have picked Blake Corum. That's why I would have gave it to that kid. You see, that kid has done this. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm like, I don't. I mean, everybody's saying, oh, he's the, oh, it's him. Eh, you know, it's kind of it's one of those years where I don't think you can look at one player and say he was the best player in college football. I just don't think you can this year. So whoever they pick. Okay, you know, and it's going to be a quarterback, unfortunately. Um, but uh, uh, Oregon, man, what the hell is your coach thinking? It's fourth down on your own 29. Your quarterback is hurt, and you run a sneak with him? 
Really? What the hell was you thinking, man? <laughs> I know. <sighs> Unbelievable. Um, I'm so I, I glad. Give, I, give, I, give Chandler, I give Chandler credit. Chandler, Chandler, I mean, I've heard it said before, but Chandler says it a lot in here. When coaches try to be the smartest guy in the room, and that's what the freak happened right there. That That's what happened. Facts. It, I just oh, it, it bothers me when that happens, and he made me look at it more. Ever since Chandler told me that, it's like I look at it more and watch it either come down to a coach trying to outsmart somebody when everybody in the world is ready for it, or it comes down to the end of every football game, the bloody kicker. It always comes down to the kicker, or no matter what. No matter what, they can miss an extra point. They can miss a field goal from 30 yards out. We'll get into that. But Chandler, proceed. I, I had to get that out. Yeah, um, I think Kansas State can beat TCU. Um, I hate A&M, you know, because I can't stand Jimbo Fisher. Um, I thought LSU should have won that game. But you know what? The, those kids at A&M, they play their hearts out. So good for them. I'm, I'm happy for the kids. I, you know, I can't stand Jimbo Fisher. Because um, I used to actually used to used to like A&M back in the day. See, the, the great thing about being from New York City, you got no dog in the fight. So you would just pick teams. And, oh, I'm going to follow this team. <laughs> Saying, so over the years, I don't follow pretty much everybody at some point. Um, you know, South Carolina thing, good. Uh, Shane Beamer, I think, is going to be a good coach down there. I think they're going to do well. And Dabo, ever since COVID, when Dabo was out there showing his true colors, okay, as the Trumper he is, Team ain't been, guys ain't really been playing for them. They ain't really feeling them. Okay, I'm just I'm just saying. Think about think about from the time of COVID till now, Clemson has steadily gone down because he's not getting the players. They're going other places. Just saying. So, but I think the when you when we talking about the the champion the, the the championship games. By the way, I think Alabama is going to get in the championship because Oregon is going to beat USC. Because when's the last time Lincoln Riley won anything that mattered? Wait, wait, wait. I'm just saying. But that's when the Ducks got the Trojans. You think that's happening? Yes. When's the last time Lincoln Riley won a game that mattered? Ooh, wait. Outside the Big Big 12 championship game, it hasn't happened in a long time. Exactly. So, listen, Lincoln Riley's going to be Lincoln Riley. All right? (laughs) He's going to be Lincoln Riley. And if USC loses, who does that let in? That lets in Alabama. I said it before we even started it. Alabama will they they will find a way to get a couple million dollars involved. Believe me, that's a cash cow for college football. Yeah. Somebody will slip. I feel you like either have. TCU or USC. I really feel like it'll happen because I think Georgia's too strong. For the SEC with LSU, if LSU comes up with that upset, that'll be huge. But um, Michigan they play Purdue. Purdue's good. Listen, if you got a lot of money on you, bet the money line in that Michigan game because I don't think Purdue's going to win outright. The, the, the spread is the interesting that makes it fun if you want to get the real money out of that. But if you could just if you want to win free money, there it is, Michigan and Purdue. That's how I'm going to keep saying the Big Ten is trash. Trash, like trash. That, that's a horrible conference for Purdue to be in a championship game. Did you, have you seen Purdue's record? But, uh, continue, Chandler. <laughs> um, I think TCU gets in even if they lose in the Big 12 championship game. Even if they lose, no. I think they get in. No, no I do. I do. I think they do because, okay, it's either that or you got to put – you got to go Ohio State, Michigan, Georgia. I'm not doing it in any order. 
And then the, the Pac-12 was out when USC lose. Pac-12 was out. So then it's another SEC team or Texas or, or, or TCU. So I think, do, I think there's one Big Ten team, which is going to be Michigan. You got Georgia. That's two. I think TCU gets in. I think Alabama gets in. Because now – I'm going to look at it from the aspect of how these guys look at it. You know, it's always about the money, follow the money, right? These Boy, four, pro, mm-hmm. those four programs, listen, mm-hmm. people don't realize you, they, that school got deep pockets and they travel. Everybody know Alabama travels. Everybody know Michigan travels. Everybody know Georgia travels. There's your four teams. That's all I got. Boy, I'm clipping the heck out of this show today. I'm going fast with <laughs> I don't uh, want to see how next day look. I, man, if he on target, I'll give you credit. I, I, I must. I will. Mike, is there something that you wanted to add? I, I think I heard you trying to say something. No, it's funny because I'm not a big USC guy. Like, I'm always kind of rooted against him. But there is, is really a part of me that hopes that somehow uh, they take care of business this weekend and we take it out of the hands of the committee and we get Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and Southern Cal in the playoffs. Uh, I, I just, I hope that's what happens because I think that if it does, I think it, it's quite clear that those are the teams that should be there. So I hope those teams take care of business, but it, like you said, if they don't, it's going to be Alabama or Ohio state. And this was a very, very bad loss for Ohio state. Cause they didn't just get, uh, you said it earlier Thomas. they didn't just get beat. They got bludgeoned. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we will get into week 12. I'm going to wrap up all of that college talk because I, I feel like we could talk about that a lot because there's some games I just I don't even feel like I gave enough myself for the Ohio State-Michigan State game. It just didn't feel like Michigan would actually come out and put up that type of effort. I, Harbaugh, I really thought that you were done if you didn't win last year against Ohio State. I thought that you were out of there. I thought that you had your ticket ready to go back to the NFL and make something happen. You won that game last year, and I was like, we'll see what happens this year. If Ohio State strikes up the band and knocks you guys off your feet again, you stood tall with that team. Hopefully you're there invested for the long run, not just for, you know, for Ohio State to win a couple games and you leave them kids. So it's, it's interesting to see Michigan at this point in time. I really feel like he's vested. So, Harbaugh, I salute you for you doing that for Big Blue in the city of Ann Arbor because I've been, I've been to Michigan. I've been to Ann Arbor, but. I got a lot of people that are family to me in Michigan now because I'm a diehard of where I'm about to go. So we will get into Week 12 NFL. Like I said, the calling number is nine two nine four seven seven two seven five nine. So Thursday afternoon, I have to say, uh, didn't go as well as I wanted it to go. The Buffalo Bills were in Detroit from Saturday after the snowstorm that happened in Buffalo, they played Cleveland, won their matchup up against Cleveland, and entering Thanksgiving Day, <clears throat> they win the matchup up against the Lions 28-25 to in a nail-biter that went down to the very bitter end for the last 23 seconds. Uh, Josh Allen makes a killer pass, 36-yard pass to Diggs, middle of the field, and um, that basically put them in field goal range, and they, they ran another play or two just to make sure that they were all right. And uh, Tyler Bass kicked the field goal to win that game 28-25, to uh, in which Josh Allen had 24 for 42 in a passing effort with 253 yards thrown, two touchdown passes as well. He also led the team in rushing or led the game in rushing with 10 carries and 78 yards in a touchdown. In a losing effort, Amon St. Brown had nine catches, 122 yards in a touchdown. 
um, simplicity. This is where I said I had to kind of like add on to what Chandler said about people trying to be the smartest guy in the room. And obviously it's two of them now in this situation in this game. One is the head of the snake with Dan Campbell. The other was Jared Goff. There's situations that Jared Goff has in games that he's playing electric. There's situations in games it's like he's having a mental miscue. It's, it's like something that triggers him in the wrong situation. Even if he sees it, if you're seeing something that's not right, you can audible out of it. You see it more than the coaches are seeing up top in the booth or on the sideline. You see it yourself. They call a third and one play. Instead of going for the the receivers running the route that's a short gain to get the yard, he went for a bomb, and he ends up throwing the pass out of bounds to a, a receiver that has not been on the field. Out of the last seven weeks, he's played one game. You're going to a receiver that you can't really rely on compared to Amon St. Brown. Like, Amon Ra was going crazy. Ten targets, nine catches, 122 yards, and a touchdown. And his route that he ran, he easily had the yard, and he probably would have picked up another 15 to be light on the yardage that was in front of him because it was a safety to beat. He probably could have beat the safety. But I just want to be fair enough for the first down and having three timeouts. The end of that game, the Lions had three timeouts with two minutes left. Campbell didn't even try to call a timeout. It was like you're trying to blow this game for them if you're not calling the right plays. I don't get it. So I'm putting that on both of them. The defense did the much as they can up against – a Super Bowl contending Buffalo Bills team, and we were down with injuries before the game started. And for them to at least keep them at bay with 28 points while the Lions have been averaging 30 points a game, that's a winnable game against the Buffalo Bills. I'm, I'm, I actually to myself, I say this to myself right now, and, and people in the barbershop have heard me, I want to play Buffalo again, even though I know it can't happen unless the Lions go on a run and they make it to the Super Bowl and they meet each other. That's the only way it could happen. But – I feel like we can beat Buffalo. I feel strong in that, especially with us being down so many plays. Okuda didn't even play. So that's another body to either be Diggs or Davis. You know, so for the job that they did, I just feel bad about uh, Aaron Glenn putting Will Harris on Diggs for that 36-yard pass. You have a former safety being an elite receiver. That's just an unfortunate situation. That's how many people we're down down too many corners, and they won't go out and get another corner. So, Brad Holmes, you get some of it, too, because you need to go out there and get a corner to help us. Uh, the next matchup we have that took place on Thursday, the Giants lose their matchup against the Cowboys 28-20. to I really feel like that score isn't indicative of how that game went down. The Cowboys kind of had the lead all game long, and the Giants ended up scoring a score late in the fourth. It was really 13 points after the half, and they had that until entering the fourth, and they finally put a score up. Nevertheless, the Cowboys took care of business. Um, five and one at home. Dak is super impressive up against the Giants. I don't think the Giants have beaten Dak Prescott. Um, and to round out the night, the Minnesota Vikings uh, win their matchup up against the New England Patriots, 33 to 26, in an interesting night of football on Thanksgiving. They did give us some games to watch. Uh, they said the Giants-Cowboys game was the most viewed football game in the history of the NFL. How many people sat down and watched that game on Thanksgiving afternoon? Um, anything you guys would like to say before we get away from it, I'll go to you first, Chandler, and go to Mike second. Uh, your thoughts on the three games, at least on Thursday afternoon and evening. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, listen, I'm not letting Aaron Glenn off the hook. Uh, you did, I'm not. Um, miss me with, the, I don't care who you, I don't care what converted, whatever you got, okay? You bracket him and you don't allow him a free run. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. You knew. Listen, everybody knew who they were gonna throw to. 
everybody knew. First of all, you let him get a free release. Then he ran across the middle. Nobody was, man missed me with, listen, Aaron Glenn was my favorite Jet player, okay? You know I mean, at the, for that period of, of the Jets teams. I was mad. Aaron Glenn, bruh, bruh. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you get to come back next season because you got some explaining to do, right? Jared Goff. There's a reason he's in Detroit now because when you need him to make a simple, when you there are seven throws a quarterback has to make. A good quarterback, all you need is seven throws, right? You need a third and short when it matters. You need a, a pass from say about 12 yards out. Late in the game, he needs to be able to make that pass to the, to the corner of the end zone. There's about seven throws that you have to be able to make. Other than that, no, you know, if you can make those seven throws, you can win in the NFL, right? That third and one, that's a throw that a good quarterback makes. He could have run for that, by the way, because it was wide open. He could have run for it. He chose not to. He chose not to take the easy pass. And I don't even have a problem with the pass that he threw, except it was a terrible pass. Because you got nervous, as usual. Oh, and by the way, why are you throwing there, Dan Campbell? <laughs> why are you passing it off? You know you can't trust Jerry Goff. Why are you passing? DeAndre Swift is right there. He's right there. DeAndre Swift is right there. Listen, I understand that Dan Campbell is his second season. The last season, I kind of gave you pass because Never been a coach. You got to learn how to delegate. Bobbity, bobbity, bobbity. There was far too much mismanagement of game situations and game clock in Detroit. I'm tired of hearing we close. I'm tired of hearing we almost did. Yeah. I'm tired of hearing. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a damn Lions fan. Okay? There are too many games that they have given away because of mismanagement and poor play calling. You are putting your players in a position to lose, not win. That's not your job. Your job is to put them in the best situation, not the worst situation. So, uh, I mean, you had the Bills. They was hanging out on Woodward, eating at the Coney's before the game all filled up and slumped. Okay? Okay. And I'm here from Detroit. Y'all know what I'm talking about. All right. I don't know. Get out of my city, man. It was at the five-person place. And, then, yes, and you had a chance to beat him. Um, the Giants game, I'm not surprised. Um, like I said, Daniel Jones is what he is. You're not going to win with so many games with him. Miss me with the Saquon should have caught that. You run a flat route, full speed, and try to turn around and catch a ball at your feet, going backwards. Okay? You try it. It ain't that damn easy. So, again, bad pass by a quarterback that you can't trust. Um, what was the other game? I forget the other game. The Minnesota Vikings and the Patriots. Oh, yeah. Dude, they, make Mac, they made Mac Jones look like, um, man, they made him look like Joe Montana, Steve Young, and Fran Tarkenton all rolled in one. Wow. Right up until, dude, first of all, it's late in the game. You ain't got no timeouts. Why didn't you call two plays so that when it came out, if the first one don't work, you go right just instead, he's doing all this hand signaling, and then then you throw a ball short over the middle. Man, listen, Mac Jones ain't it. Uh, Mr. Pencil in the ear ain't it. 
and Mr. I'm a tough guy, I'm going to make everybody do push-ups, ain't it when it comes to the offense in New England. Bill, bro, you're getting exposed. I'm just saying. Might be time, Bill. You know, it happens to everybody. You know, you get a little older. You know, your knees don't work. You know, you, you're forgetful. You know, you think you got milk, but you got milk a week ago, and now it's spoiled. You understand what I'm saying? You forgot where you parked the car. It might be time for Bill to go because that was a winnable game, okay? And you letting Matt rule and and, 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 and that bum that was a Giants coach, I'm not even going to say his name he was that bad. You letting them call your offense? Okay. Let me see how that works out for you. Fair enough. Mike, your thoughts on the three games played on Thanksgiving, and then we'll jump right into the rest of the slate of games. Real quick, I mean, listen, I he outcoached himself. Like you said, uh, that was a very winnable game for the Lions. Uh, I, I don't understand the deep ball right there. If you hit it, game's over. But there there were so there were so many other plays that were right there available to you. So I don't understand that. Uh, looking at the second game, I'm not surprised. I expected uh, the Cowboys to win that game, maybe a little bit uh, closer than I anticipated, but I expected them to come out and get things done uh, on Thanksgiving. As far as New England, Minnesota, listen, nice resiliency on the on the part of Minnesota though, because they really, really took it on the chin last Sunday. Uh, they almost got Kirk Cousins killed. Uh, I'm, I was surprised he was able to make it out there uh, off a short week too. Because listen, listen, Dallas beat the ever living yeah out of him uh, last Sunday. They people try to say they well, Dallas put Justin Jefferson in prison and all this last weekend too. They couldn't even. Uh, it didn't matter what they did down the field because the quarterback never had time last weekend. So uh, nice bounce back from them. As far as New England goes. That defense has looked really good until this past weekend, uh, until Thursday night. Uh, you know, they they beat the Jets twice. They've been very, very competitive. They started slow, and it looked like they kind of got things back together. And Bill Belichick's defense was starting to really look like uh, a Belichick defense until this past Thursday night. Uh, I'm not going to necessarily go as far as Chandler and say it's time for Belichick to hang it up, though it wouldn't hurt my feelings. Uh, but what I will say is, you know, stop acting like you can do any and every, j- just any old thing to make your offense work. Go get you a legit offensive coordinator uh, to run that offense. Stop passing the, uh, stop passing the play calling around like you're playing hot potato or some childish, you know, kindergarten game. Uh, get somebody in there that actually knows how to call and run an offense. Because uh, we know that he can coach up uh, the guys on the defensive side. So uh, there definitely is going to need to be some changes made in New England. I'm watching to see what they do uh, going down the stretch as they have uh, some interesting games moving forward. But uh, that was, as Chandler said, that was a winnable game for the Patriots, and they were not able to pull it out. And as I said before, nice nice bounce back by Minnesota. Uh, I really uh, – wasn't surprised with the other two games as far as who won, but when it came down to the end like that, I really wanted to see the Lions pull it out. Unfortunately, they did not, but I can understand why, TP, you say, I want to play Buffalo again, right, because you were right there. Um, so 
the thing that I will say is, uh, real quick, that Dallas and Giants game uh, was honestly watching me more than I was watching it because I got so full. Uh, <laughs> and I think what happens is a lot of people passed out in front of the TV, so it stayed on. But, uh, you know, nice to get those kinds of uh, ratings. I will say that the NFL did not disappoint on Thanksgiving Day. You look, the, the widest margin of the three games was eight. You had an eight-point game, a six-point game, and a three-point game. So no blowouts and uh, definitely compelling uh, television on Thursday. Again, I could I could talk about at least the Lions game until I'm blue in the face. I could do that all day long. I won't. Um, I don't I don't know what the Lions are going to do with the golf situation because I feel like they're in line to try and get a quarterback out of this draft. But the quarterback that I feel like would do best with this offense, so they'll be gone. They'll be gone. So it's tough. The only one I feel like that can fall to them is that kid out of Tennessee, but he's hurt now. He's damaged after tearing his leg up. So. If, if I think Bryce Young would probably serve us best because he could get out of trouble and scramble. I, I'm not too high on Stroud, especially the performance that he had the other day, because um, that culture kind of has to change in Detroit. You got to get a quarterback that doesn't see that too, you know that that effort of losing and then falling a part of that. Like they got to keep that prowess kind of up and then run into that situation. So it's going to be interesting to see how the lines move forward. But nevertheless, the reason why I want the Bills back is because they brought Josh Reynolds back. He had one play. He didn't even have a target. He went out there and run blocked and came on the sideline. So they had a whole bunch of other receivers that were out there that they weren't even feeding the ball to. They just were force feeding Amon, Amon Ra, which he was doing a great job. So Jamison Williams is coming back. I think Reynolds would be part of the fray more. Like the, the receiving core is going to start getting healthy, which is more the strength of that offense, let alone the running game has been working. We needed a yard. They wouldn't even give – Jamal Williams the ball and he's been running the ball good. Like I don't get that. Like with on third down, he had at least two tries to get a yard. I, I it just baffled me, especially when they sent the all out blitz for Goff and Goff went deep instead of throwing that short route right there, something that was right in front of his face. Now I, I can do this. I could run the show out talking about their Lions game. Okay, so the first game we have on slate, I will go to you first on this one, Chandler. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are in Cleveland. This is a game without Deshaun Watson. He will be back next week because the NFL thinks they're slick to save Tom Brady. Who do you like in this matchup? The Bucks are favored by three in Cleveland. Tampa Bay or Cleveland? Unfortunately, I got to pick Tampa Bay because um, I think that the Cleveland defense has kind of quit. Um, they sick of – listen, I, I like Jacoby Brissett. I thought he would do way better. Um, I don't know what the hell is going on there. Um, Kevin Stefanski, I don't, you know, you're supposed to be this, this just maybe, maybe you so intent on your system that you can't actually use your players, but it looks to me like that team is quit. And, and, and you know what, let me just say this, stop with the Deshaun Watson. Cause last I checked, Deshaun Watson lost more games than he won. Okay. So miss me with the Deshaun Watson saving nonsense, along with the fact that he's a creep, but, um, I think Tampa Bay's going to win this game because I think the Cleveland defense is quit. Mike, who do you like in this game? Tampa Bay or Cleveland? In Cleveland, the Bucks are favored by three. I'm going to agree with Chandler here and take Tampa. I think they get this game. Uh, I think it's going to be fairly close because I think Cleveland can run the ball. Uh, Tampa's defense has not really impressed me 
a whole lot over the last few weeks either. I will say, though, uh, to your comment about Deshaun Watson, I will say that's going to improve the quarterback play. Uh, for Cleveland, Deshaun Watson may have uh, lost more games than he won, but uh, at, at times, he, you know, he was – he had D-Hop when D-Hop was on the field, but there were times that that was uh, – that was not necessarily a great roster that he was part of in, in Houston. So we'll see. The story is still to be written on Deshaun Watson. But he's not there today, and Cleveland doesn't win today. Okay, we have a clean sweep. I'm going with Tampa Bay to take care of business up against Cleveland. I know Brady will probably have a like uh, competitive nature going up against his former teammate, Jacoby Brissett. Um, I just, just like Chandler said, I feel like that defense has quit. In Cleveland, they do have the pieces to get it done, but they're three and seven at this point in time. But I, I had better expectancy for the Cleveland Browns. I feel like they're done for the season. Um, if they could pull this out, I think Vegas is sweeping up a whole bunch of money because I feel like across the board, a lot of people are going to try to think that Tom Brady can get over five hundred. This is something to watch. The next matchup I have are the Cincinnati Bengals going into Tennessee up against the Titans. This is like the revenge game of the playoffs when Derrick Henry came back after the long step being out and the Bengals shut him down and basically put that game into Tannehill's hands and Tannehill let the Titans down after the season that they had. I'll come to you on this one, Mike. Titans, well, Bengals versus Titans. The Bengals are favored by one in Nashville. You know, I've I've gone back and forth on this game uh, over the last 24 hours. I just had a feeling this is this is a game that's going to end up going to me first. You know, I, I look at this, and Tennessee uh, also, I think they sacked Joe Burrow like nine times or something crazy in that game. Uh, also, you look at Joe Mixon being out for the Bengals today. So, Samaji P. Ryan, who had three rece- receiving touchdowns last week, um, is going to be uh, the starting running back for them today. Jamar Chase is supposed to be a game-time decision. There's all indications that he could be back today. Uh, this is a team that I have picked. Uh, this Titans team is a team that I've picked wrong on most weeks. Uh, so uh, I really want to see the Bengals win. So I'm going to pick the Titans at home. I'm going to say the Titans get the uh, the revenge right now. But we'll see what happens come late playoffs, you know, and how that works. But I will say this, though. This Tennessee Titans defense is for real. They've played well the last several weeks. And uh, they have surprised me with what they've been able to do, what they have been able to do. So I'm going to take Tennessee at home today against Cincinnati. Chandler, your thoughts on this game? Bengals, Titans, in Nashville, Cincinnati's favored by a point, basically a pick 'em. This is, is first of all, it shouldn't be a pick 'em. It's Titans are going to win this game, but this is the time of the season that everybody doesn't pay attention, and you look up and the Titans reel off four, five, six wins in a row. Um, and suddenly Derrick Henry is in the conversation for MVP because he's getting 150, 180 yards a game all of a sudden. You're like, where the hell was he the first the first half of the season? This is their time of year. Um, I think Tennessee wins this game by at least a touchdown. Um, you know, you got no mixing. They're going to get after Burrow. And I said this before, and I'm going to say it again. The first season with that head coach in Cincinnati, we, was, we were questioning whether he should even be a coach. Last year, they had this magical joyride. This season, I'm back to questioning whether this dude should be a coach. So I got Tennessee. I agree. I would be shocked if the Bengals could pull this off again at the same scene of the crime in less than a year. 
and this took place in January. We are not done with the year 2022. If Burrow and company get this done, and I want to see if Chase does give it a go, because if Chase is out there, this makes it a different dynamic. I, I, I'm i going to be stunned to see if the Bengals can pull this off, but they're favored. So this is something to watch closely. Get your popcorn ready. And just like it was mentioned, the Tennessee Titans defense has actually stepped up. Bravel has done a good job with this team, regardless of how we look at it. But I still, since Miami, do not respect Ryan Tannehill. He's been able to keep a job, get $100 million contracts, so on and so forth. He doesn't sell me. I'm going to go with the Titans to win this game. But if he loses this game, I'm looking at every bit of his stat line because he will not get away with this crime. He's, he's a criminal the way he's stealing money for the NFL. He's a criminal. Crime. The next matchup we have are wow. the Houston Texans up against the Houston Texans up against the Miami Dolphins. This is taking place at Hard Rock Stadium in Miami Gardens. I will go first. I, I'm going to go with the spread. Uh, the Dolphins are favored by 14. Vegas, I'm going against you. I'm going with the Dolphins to cover the 14. Um, this is a critical game for the Dolphins to actually keep pace in the AFC East. They have to bludgeon the Texans as best as possible. I know it'll probably be interesting early, but if that Texan secondary can't stop Waddle or Hill. If these guys are upright, this should be a clear-cut game. One person that I'm looking for within that offense, it has to be Mike Gusecki. You cannot sit up there and just end up with three or four or five catches a game. You can't. These guys are drawing attention away from you, and you're still not dominating the board. Gusecki, you have to do something to help this team, especially with the talent that you came out of Penn State with. I'm going with the Dolphins to win this game. Chandler, your thoughts on this game? Texans up against the Dolphins. It's in Miami. The Dolphins are favored by 14. Well, Mike Gusecki can't do nothing if they don't throw him the ball. Uh, Tua don't really throw him the ball. Um, so that's part of part of it. They don't scheme him. They don't scheme to get him the ball. But I'm taking, first of all, this is not going to be a 14-point game. Um, I think the Texans take the air out the ball. I think this is a really close game. I think the Dolphins win, but this is not going to be some blowout. Um, there ain't going to be no blowout. So if you, you, you book money on that 14, you're going to lose your money. I'm telling you that right now. But I, I'll take Miami by, like, maybe a touchdown at the most. But this ain't going to be no blowout. I will be watching this closely, Mr. Knight. Mike, your thoughts on this game, Texans-Dolphins? The Dolphins are favored by 14, the over-under, and it does look fishy. The over-under is at 47. I like the Dolphins to win this game. And, I mean, I get your point on Gasecki, but I also agree with Chandler. Uh, he's not getting a ton of targets. But you also have a wide receiver tandem that is setting all kinds of records for most yards in the first half of the season and all this kind of thing. I think the Dolphins win this game today. They're clearly the better team. Uh, I'm curious to see if um, – over the course of the game, uh, one, one thing is just like a battle uh, within the battle, if you will. I'm curious to see how Derek Stingley, if he plays, does against uh, these receivers from Miami. And if they go towards his side, towards the rookie, or if they go away from him, I'm curious to see how that unfolds. Um, I like the Dolphins to win this game. And I think it's going to be right at 14. I think it's going to be right at two touchdowns. I just don't. I don't know that Houston has enough to be able to take the air out of the ball and win enough battles at the line of scrimmage to really shorten the game like that. 
Okay, so we're away from that game. The next game is very interesting to me because this is the backup special. We have the Chicago Bears going into MetLife Stadium up against the New York Jets, in which the Jets are favored by six and a half. They must don't believe in Trevor Simeon. I'll go to you first on this one. Chandler, your thoughts, Bears or Jets? Does anybody believe in Trevor Simeon? I don't think his family believes in him. They just happy he keep, he keep getting checked. <laughs> his wife probably shocked he didn't leave. Oh, you still play football? No. Listen, Mike White, Mike White. That's oh my it, God. Mike White. <laughs> Listen, man. Um, the Bears do a lot of things to lose games. Justin ain't playing, and he's the only reason they've even been in games, and they would still lose with him running for a billion yards a game and, and everything else. So um, I'm going to take – and I hate taking the Jets. You know I can't stand Robert Sala. But I'm going to take the Jets, and I'm, honestly, this should be a 10-point game. Easy 10-point win. Oh, blowout. Whoa. Interesting. Mike, who do you like in this one? Bears, Jets, six-and-a-half favorites to the Jets in MetLife. I get to break it out again. Trevor, semi-pro at quarterback. Listen, you can't have a semi-pro playing quarterback in this league. You're not going to win. Um, you know, win in doubt, take the team with the more talented roster. Uh, Jets win and cover six and a half against the Bears and the semi-pro quarterback. I am actually going to go with the Jets to win this one. I was going to say the Bears, but I can't. I, I need Justin Fields to be out there. If the Bears figure this one out without Justin Fields, they have talent that, that needs to be, like, mentioned. I, I don't feel like they have it without Justin, um, especially from what I've seen in the past couple of weeks. They've actually put together a good, interesting game, but they just can't really finish this deal. Um, I, I feel like they may be a year or two away from – being uber competitive week after week, I think the Jets can get this done and keep this thing going, especially the start that they started the season being 6-4 and four at this point in time. The Atlanta Falcons up against the Washington Commanders. I will go first. Dad, I'm with you. I hope you can hear me in those clouds. I'm going with Washington. They are favored by four at home. Uh, Chase Young should be coming back soon. Uh, Mariota will make this interesting because he is a, a runner. He can scramble and make things happen. I just feel like the Washington uh, Commanders' defense has actually been playing well. I was about to slip up and say it, too. The Commanders uh, have been playing well defensively, and Heineke has actually grabbed the reins, and this should be his spot. As much as they signed Wentz, too, and him trying to be the guy, so on and so forth, this is Heineke's job. Stop looking over him. He's the quarterback until you get the big-name guy there. Carson Wentz was supposed to be it. He's not that guy. So I'm going with the Commanders to get this done at home. Falcons, show me that you earned this game to stay atop the NFC South. If you can do it, you earned it. But I'm going with the Commanders. I'll go to you next on this one, Mike. Your thoughts, Falcons or Commanders in Washington? The Commanders are favored by four. I keep ready, getting ready to say it, too. Terrible. The one thing that the Falcons cannot do, <clears throat> other than A.J. Terrell, is cover anybody down the field. Uh, you look at McFarland with his speed, and you look at with what uh, Washington brings to the table, I think the Commanders win this game. Uh, I, I think they're better on the defensive side of the ball, and I think they have enough to get this done. So I'll take the Commanders over the Falcons today. They will ground the birds. 
Chandler, your thoughts, the Dirty Birds or the Commanders? The Commanders are favored by four in FedEx. I don't know. Um, outside of one year with Cam Newton, tell me a, a game that a Mike, uh, uh, that a Ron Rivera coach team has won that they're supposed to win when they need to win it. Mm. I'll wait. Because um, I, I like Heineke. And I don't really care for Mariota. But this is a game that Ron Rivera coach teams normally use, normally lose. This is a game they lose. This game sets up for them to win. This keeps them in playoff talk. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going with Atlanta. Whoa. All right. Okay, go against the green Chandler. Here we go. So the next matchup to me, I'm going to make these two mad. I'm going I'm to make them mad right now. This is the game of the day. The Denver Broncos go to Charlotte, North Carolina, to play the Carolina Panthers. Both of these teams are horrible. And Denver's favored by a point, so this is basically a pick em. Um, I'm going to go first so they can have fun with it. <laughs> I'm going to give Denver the edge because I think Donald's the starter. I have not respected Donald since he's come out of California from USC. Denver, if you can't pull this one off, and I know you're coming across the country. I get it. But this is a winnable game for you with Baker being out, P.J. Walker being out. They don't even know who they want to be the quarterback. you got to win this game to at least make it look good for this season. I'm going Broncos. Russell, I've been fighting for you and getting in trouble because I'm making myself look bad fighting for you, and you don't look good right now. You're horrible. But I'm going to go with Denver to pull this one off. Mike, your thoughts on this game? Broncos, Panthers, and Charlotte, basically a pick but Denver's favored by a point. Game of the day. What? Uh, listen, <laughs> if you um, if you really like watching losers play football, yeah, it, it is the game of the day. These teams have <clears throat> both uh, had their struggles this year. You know, Carolina going with the youth movement, but can't figure out who is going to play the quarterback position. That Denver defense at times has been able to rise up and at least uh, look pretty decent. Uh, I'm going to go with the road team. And I'm going to say Russell Wilson and the Broncos get it done. But I will say that this is probably going to be one of the ugliest football games uh, of the day with the play on both sides. There will be another ugly one coming up in a few minutes. But uh, I think that uh, Denver wins today. You don't believe me? You don't think this is the game of the day? No. Okay. Chandler might believe me. Shoot. Okay. Chandler, your thoughts. Broncos, Panthers, and Charlotte. The Broncos are favored by one in Carolina. Um, is Russ playing today? Because I thought I heard Russ wasn't playing. Is he playing? Not from what I heard. I think Russ playing. I, I, um, I'm looking at it. He's not on the injury report. Okay. Um, I'm picking the Panthers because if nothing else, and it's just me rooting for Speed Wilkes because he got jobbed in Arizona, um, that team has played hard since he took over as coach. That team has played hard every game. Um, They're competing. They're competitive. They're a lot like the Lions were last year, where every game you knew you had to bring it to beat them. So I think Russ is hurt. I think the coach is is a clown. So I'm going with the Panthers. Oh, and by the way, breaking news, Trevor Simeon, (laughs) he hurt his oblique during (laughs) warm-ups. He said, I ain't playing. Oh, my stomach. Nathan really? Peterman. 
Nathan he Peterman, he had three touchdowns and 12 Oh, my God. No. <laughs> Yo. Take the point. Oh, my goodness. Well, as we proceed. Um, he's out here on his first interception of the day. No, he's out. He ain't playing that oblique. That, that's no, I'm saying side. Nathan he's... Peterman has I'm saying Nathan Peterman has oh, first interception of the day. And he's a turnover machine. Boy, he's in trouble. Um, the next matchup we have, Ravens-Jaguars. This is taking place in Jacksonville. The Ravens are favored by three and a half. Um, wow, this is incredible. Mike, I'll let you go first. Ravens or Jags? I'll be simple because I know we got a few more to get to. Ravens win and cover. Stanley, your thoughts on this game? Ravens or Jags? The Ravens are favored by three and a half in Jacksonville. I love Lamar, but I think Jacksonville's going to win. I feel that way just because the way that Vegas is signifying this. For Baltimore to have the season that they're having, they're favored by three and a half in Jacksonville. I'm doing this for Vegas purposes. In my mind, I'm going, no, with, with my heart, I'm going with Baltimore. With my mind, I'm going with Jacksonville. That three and a half is stunning. And the over-under is letting you know. The over-under is at 43. So they're letting you know the Ravens are not going to score this ball. I'm, I'm going with the Jags. This is, this is incredible. Vegas, you are one dirty little valley, little desert, little, I don't know what to call you. Okay. The next one we have are the 4 o'clock, starting off with the Los Angeles Chargers going into the toaster up against the Arizona Cardinals. The Chargers are favored by two and a half. In the toaster, and Kyler Murray is coming back. I will go first. I'm going with the Chargers. Kyler, prove it to me that you could get the job done. Hollywood's back. Robbie Anderson's out there and D-Hop. And you have an aging A.J. Green out there in that receiver court. Y'all have four studs, or at least three and a half. I'll say three and a half. You have three and a half studs out there that you could get this done up against the Chargers where the Chargers are in limbo. I don't know who we see. What we see is what we get. They're sitting at 500 with a 5-5 record. Okay, so I'm going Chargers. Um, Chandler, your thoughts on this game, Chargers or Cardinals? Taking the angry elf, Kyler. He went with the Cardinals. Whoa. Okay, Mike, your thoughts on this game, Chargers or Cardinals? I think the uh, I think the Chargers find a way to win this game by a field goal and cover. It would not surprise me, though, uh, for it to go the other way uh, because, once again, I, I feel like this is the bad coach bowl. Uh, like, uh, it's almost like step back and watch in the last few seconds and see which coach makes a dumb decision to cost their team the game. I think that that happens in this game today. Okay. Here we go. Um, we have the Raiders up against the Seahawks in Seattle, in which I'm going to go first again. Seattle's favored by four. I'm going to upset these two. I'm going with the Raiders to get it done in Seattle, Washington. That's right. It all signs point to the Seahawks running this thing off. I just feel like the Raiders are in a situation to play spoiler to a Seahawks team that I feel like they've been playing over their head. Geno has actually been impressive. I think he's going to get a big contract when they got to get to that table, but I think the Raiders get this done. If they don't, if the Raiders lose, I want every camera, I want every microphone in the face of Derek Carr. 
you have to win this type of game up against the Seahawks team that you guys are even killed to me that this is winnable. So I'm going with the Raiders to get this done because I'm putting pressure on the black and silver. Um, Mike, I'll come to you. Your thoughts on this game? Raiders or Seahawks in Seattle? I like Seattle at home. I think the Raiders fans looked at this at the beginning of the season and said this is a very winnable game. Nobody expected Seattle to be where they are. Geno is playing above his head. Um, and, listen, he may struggle some down the stretch, but I don't think it's going to be today. Okay, Chandler, your thoughts on this game? Raiders or Seahawks in Seattle? Josh McDaniel's still the head coach in Las Vegas last I checked. Geno with the cheese whiz. Geno. Okay, he's talking about this cheese steak. All right, um, I'm by myself with the Raiders. That's what I want. I want it like that, and I set that up on purpose. Derek, you better get me out of trouble. If not, I'm coming for you. The next matchup, um, and this is this is, Sports City, I usually don't want to do this no more because I get in trouble doing this, but I'm going to do it. Is there anybody in this bloody kitchen that believes the Rams can go into Arrowhead and beat the Chiefs? No. No. I, I'll make it fun. The spread is at 15 and a half. It'll that's be closer than that. Points. That that's a lot of points uh, in the NFL. I, I w- it's too many for me to touch. I wouldn't be surprised if Kansas City could find a way to cover those points, but uh, that is a that is a lot a lot of points. If I had to bet one side or the other, I would bet Kansas City to cover. But uh, as a general rule, I usually advise people to stay away from that many points. Yeah, Andy Andy Reid don't like the bad That ain't happening. Just to let you know, I feel like those points are there. I feel like the Chiefs will cover. Perkins is the starting quarterback. Stafford is out. Wolford is not playing. They are going with Perkins at the quarterback position. This can be an ultimate bloodbath for your defending Super Bowl champions. I think, well, I for sure know that they will be missing the playoffs. I'm going with the Chiefs and to cover the 15 and a half. I'm getting bloody today. The next matchup we have are the Saints going into Santa Clara up against the San Francisco 49ers, in which the Niners are favored by nine at home. Chandler, your thoughts, Saints or Niners, and Santa Clara at Levi? Um, Now, this one is going to be a double-digit game because Jameis is still hurt, and they're going to beat Andy Dope. There's going to be nothing but some red hair on the ground when they're done. So, this could be the Niners in a walkover. Wow. He's a double digit. I will go with the Niners. Um, I don't want to do this because Mike is here, but I believe in Chandler. Andy Dalton has not impressed me, and he's holding jobs because of quarterbacks being injured. He's not holding it because of his talent. Uh, Andy Dalton, come out here and press me. You got at least receivers that could get the job done. You still got Kamara and company. You just haven't been able to pull off a signature win while it's your time in the, the sun at this point in time in your career. I'm going with San Fran to get it done. McCaffrey, Garoppolo, Kittle, Debo, this is a little too much for the Saints at this point in time. Mike, your boy's on the road up against the Niners. Can you shock the world? Man, 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 and, and you didn't even mention Brandon Ayuk when you're talking about weapons there. So, you know, I look at this game, and first of all, I didn't think they could do it anyway. 
But Andy Dalton just went 21-25 a week ago, so he had a good game last week, which means that he is uh, right on time to uh, put up a stereotypical, I don't know, 12 for 28 for 48 yards. <laughs> I, mean, like, I mean, it's going to be bad today. I really I, I believe that it's going to be nasty. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is the only reason why the Panthers got to win over the Saints in week two. Uh, now they got to face him again. Uh, I, I just don't think the Saints uh, have enough even going on the road. Like I said, they won last week against a uh, against a Rams team um, to give some people some false hope, but they're four and seven. So any false hope that uh, Black and Gold Nation has for really being able to contend this season ends today. This team goes to four and eight, and this is very tough for me to say because I've been saying all year, even on losing weeks, that I'm gonna ride with the Black and Gold, and I'm still gonna ride with them and love them, but I'm picking the 49ers today. Are you on mute? And I sure was talking on mute. I apologize. And for the nightcapper, this is the one that I'll go first to set this thing off. The Packers are on the road to Philadelphia up against the Hot Eagles, in which they just lost their first game of the season, sitting at 9-1. and one. They just brought Ndamukong Sue into the building at the Lincoln Financial Stadium. Um, I'm going first. I'm going with the Packers to get this done on the road just because I know the NFL just because I know Vegas, just because I just feel like Rodgers is not going to sit up here and go at this point in time, four and eight. I don't, I don't even think that that's reasonable. Like four and eight for Rodgers at this point in time, and he will be spelling doom to go under 500 if he loses this game. Cause then they're going to have to really run out to go nine and eight and make a case to get to the playoffs. And I don't think they're a playoff team. I think they miss, but I just, I just, I'm not buying it. I just know that they're just, this is theater. It's theater. I feel like Aaron Rodgers shoots his way out of Philadelphia. Um, I'll go to you on this one, Mike. Your thoughts? The Packers or Eagles? The Eagles are favored by six and a half at home in Philadelphia. You know, so the Eagles dropped this game two weeks ago and quite honestly uh, looked very unimpressive last week um, in their win over the Colts. Uh, I feel like that they have enough to get this done. I don't really... uh, this is not a game that I feel really good about picking, but I think the Eagles win tonight at home and stay a little bit ahead of the Cowboys, but not in that division. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you're right, but I'm, I'm going to go with the Eagles at home. Chandler, your thoughts on this game? Green Bay or Philadelphia? Philly favored by a touchdown, basically. Well, I'm going to Pats now, you know what I'm saying, because I need the onions and I need I, I need I need the, the regular cheese on this on this cheese on this cheese steak. Um, have you seen the Packers defense? Have you seen the Packers defense? Listen, really don't listen. Oh, and and Rodgers already owed my thumb, and that's why it's been broken. And listen, man, Packers are done. This is the fork that's going in them. This is all evil. Well, I'm out there on a limb. For city, y'all pay attention. I got the Raiders and I got the East, um, the Packers. I want y'all to know if I pull it off, I'm talking to both of them. Believe me. Last but not least, Monday Night Football, Steelers, Colts. The Steelers are struggling to get this thing started, and the Colts are running with Jeffrey Saturday as the coach, and he's making this thing look interesting. While the world was against it, I want to see how you guys feel about it. 
um, I need plugs to close out as well on this game. I'll start with you first on this one, Chandler. Steelers or Colts? The Colts are favored by two and a half in Lucas Oil Stadium in Indy. Damn. This is a terrible bowl. Um, I can't I can't root for the Colts. I'm sorry. Because uh, Jeff Saturday shouldn't have a job. So I think that the Steelers pull this one out uh, late field goal. Um, always fun. Thanks a lot. And um, St. John, oh, by the way, UConn is going to a bowl game. They, they, they did it. I, I can't believe that, man. And listen, UConn was so bad that the governor, Ned Lamont, got involved and said that this is a state of emergency. I'm doing everything I can to help turn this team around. They did it within the calendar year. So oh, I, I said my Real hat quick. to I'm sorry. I forgot to say this earlier. How in the hell you go O for America Northwestern? That's it. Mm, I, I, he he has his own question to answer up there in Chicago with Northwestern. That, that's a whole other situation. Nevertheless, like I said, Connecticut, at least good job for at least to get their six wins to be bowl eligible. So that's great job. Great job. That's for sure. Interesting pick, though, that you're picking the Steelers. But I want to see. I want to see how Mike does. Mike, your thoughts on this one? Steelers, Colts, and Indy. The Colts are favored by two and a half at home, up against the Steelers, and a plug and close out as well. You know what, man? I'm going to go with the Steelers as well because I think Mike Tomlin can out coach him. Uh, this is a game. I hope. Uh, I don't know. I have mixed emotions because in the barber shop on Clubhouse. By the way, come check us out. Right at fifteen thousand strong and continue to grow. We'll be around today, man. So, uh, you know, I know you only get certain games in your area unless you have the league pass. But if you want updates on what's happening around the league, come join us in the barbershop on Clubhouse. We'll be there today, tonight, tomorrow night, for Monday night. We'll be around on Thursday nights. We have live watch-alongs even during college football. So come check out and be part of our community on the barbershop on Clubhouse. Also, get to the website. Check out all the different things we got going on there, sportscitychefs.com. We got blogs, we got finger foods, we got articles, we got different things out there. Uh, so check that out. Also check out phiapparel.co. Use the code CHEFS to check out to get 15% off. We really appreciate PHI Apparel uh, being a partner of ours as well. And then check out our other shows, man. We got the Callers Cookout on Wednesday, um, Timeless versus the Villain, where good always wins. We also have the NFL Free for All on Tuesday nights. Both of those shows come at you at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So come be a part of uh, any of our shows. Listen along. Remember, you can listen to us on any of your podcast apps. You can even tell your uh, smart speakers, Alexis and such, to play Sports City Chefs so you can have us coming right through your speaker into your home. So uh, listen, we appreciate the listeners. Without the listeners, we wouldn't have a show. Uh, But as I was saying a second ago, if it wasn't for uh, Rico... Uh, from the barbershop who's always talking a lot of trash when the Steelers win. Uh, I wouldn't have such mixed emotions about it, but I'm going to pick the Steelers uh, to win this thing. And one other cool thing that I wanted to bring up uh, before we go, uh, Chandler, you've talked about this before as far as suicide rates amongst veterans, man. Uh, And listen, in the holidays, this can be hard for anybody, not only veterans. So if you need if you need somebody, call somebody, man. Like, uh, get help. Talk to people, um, and and make sure that that uh, you do what you can to take care of yourself. There was a really really cool story uh, yesterday morning 
leading up to the uh, Iron Bowl about a uh, a walk to that they do to take the game ball. Uh, Alabama and Auburn veterans uh, join up and march 150 miles with the game ball to take it to uh, the next stadium for uh, the next game, and so it's to raise awareness behind that. So. I thought that was a cool story, and I know that's something that's near and dear to Chandler's heart and to all of us. So I wanted to make sure to bring a plug for that. Sorry for the extra length right there, TP, man. Uh, But listen, if it wasn't for you, TP, man, I wouldn't be here. I appreciate you greatly, man. You're my brother always, man. Much love for you, respect for you, Chandler, and respect for the other chefs that uh, have the pleasure and the privilege to chop it up with uh, each week on this network, man. Uh, Steelers win. And listen, even though the Saints are going to get rolled today, and even though my Tigers lost last night, listen, lazy, lay, bon ton, roule, peace and love. Well, now it's left to me to close this thing out. I just really can't see Jeff Saturday beating Tomlin. If he beats Tomlin, I think the sport world will explode. I really think the sport world will explode because, one, Jeff Saturday gets to stand on his soapbox and talk crap. He gets to talk crap that he's beating the Steelers, even though Steelers are not playing good at this point in time. He gets to talk crap because they're a good coach team. I don't want to say, well, they're a good coach team, but they are not showing it because of all of the issues that they're dealing with. Plus, they're dealing with a quarterback that can't find himself in Trubisky, and they have a quarterback trying to find his way through the NFL and pick it. There's a lot of situations, and they just got rid of Claypool. So those issues loom in front of the Steelers at this point in time. And Mike Tomlin, with the record that you have at this point in time, it would be awkward or funny if they got rid of you after your first losing season. I'm watching this closely. With that being said, I'm going with the Indianapolis Colts to win this game in front of everybody on Monday night. SportsCityChefs.com. Check out the website, the interviews, the blogs, the chefs. We'll be back in action Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday, as much as you need us here, we got you. You can hear the replays as well. On that note, tell a friend to tell a friend that it's the chefs again. And if they don't know, now they know. Kaboom, Sports City Chefs is in the room, cooking up hot topics to put up on the spoon. They well in tune, blown like a flower in June. Superman verse, MF Doom, the clouds loom. So tell a friend it's the Sports City Chefs again. Pay attention, tune in, we on the set again. Uh-huh.